<laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to EJ Sports Live Podcast. My name is Rodney DeBulsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Don, the Hall of Famer himself, the former head coach of the University of Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, he is here to talk with us about the NFL Combine, spring practice, and, of course, to answer your questions. The number one reason everyone is tuned in is to get coaches' take. And, of course, Dane's take is a close, a close second there. So um, we're glad Dane joins us as well. Anyway, uh, be sure to get your questions in. Be sure to uh, hit the uh, like button on that uh, Facebook post and to share this with your friends because we want as many people to uh, get the, the, these pearls of wisdom that we get from Coach Donnan each week. Uh, we want to get those spread far and wide, so please share this when you get a chance. I'm here at Classic City Eats in Watkinsville. Um, fantastic joint. Uh, they're about to bring me a new sandwich they've got created. Uh, I can't wait to show that. And I also tell people the weather yesterday was fantastic. Now, today it's all rainy. and uh, Excuse me, two days ago it was nice. Uh, it's going to be kind of cold and rainy today, but they've got this outside patio coming out that you are going to absolutely love. Spring football, spring practice, spring, if we ever have baseball games again, spring in general in Watkinsville is a wonderful time. Be sure to come out to Classic City Eats and uh, check out their patio when it's uh, up and running here. It'll be fantastic. They actually have some turf from the university of georgia so you know it's going to be good and speaking of turf we'll touch on that later in the show uh we'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on in spring practice but coach i'm gonna go right to you i was in Indianapolis this past week looking at the uh you know covering the nfl combine we don't really get to go inside the stadium and watch the guys run 40s and stuff like that that's all on tv but we did get to, we did get to do some great interviews with the guys we interviewed 14 georgia players a record number of guys at the combine the most of any school uh, Georgia actually, it, it basically was a week-long infomercial about the University of Georgia and how the University of Georgia prepared these players to to fare well in the uh, NFL. And the numbers those guys put up were mind-boggling. I mean, even even your punter, you know, ran fast. You know, I mean, your your kicker just took off. It's just uh, crazy numbers there. And then. Uh, Jordan, it was the Jordan Davis show. You had The Rock tweeting about this guy. So I just want to get your take on you talk to coaches. You you know what's out there. I don't feel like it was just hype. I feel like this was legitimate buzz about these players, and these guys did a great job of improving their uh, draft status. Give us your take on the NFL Combine this week or this past week. Well, for football junkies like people that watch the show and listen to us and myself, it was just like euphoria to watch the uh, NFL Network all day for like five days. I mean, I was entrenched with it. And I think it was even happier seeing our guys do so well. It's one thing to have potential, but it's another thing to have performance. And that's what you got to do. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that have the potential to do something, but they, you know, when it's really the time to make it happen, they don't do it. And this is certainly a big stage because every pro football team not only has, you know, just about everybody there in their management and their uh, coaching staff, but you have all that on tape and they'll go back and study it because you can't see everything at once. They got to be looking at some kids are doing vertical and others, but bottom line for me, it was just uh very proud day because you know it's just like when you see your own kids do something you're just uh regardless of the success factor you measure success in degrees but just seeing somebody live up to their optimum reach their potential uh we saw that in so many areas that uh usually you'll have somebody be disappointing you know you'll say well you know i was hoping he was going to do this i don't know that anybody 
didn't meet any standard. You know, a couple guys didn't do some of the things. And I don't blame them if they don't, you know, they're listening to their agents. But just an overview, like you said, you couldn't ask for much more positivity as far as people. I didn't watch ESPN much. Uh, I just stayed with uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who uh, hopefully we're going to have on here in a couple weeks. But it, it was uh, just astounding the way – guys did what they're supposed to do and did it on that high level. And everybody's got to remember, and I'll cut this off. There's only 32 guys in the whole United States going to be drafted in the first round. I'm talking about 32. And for us to have that many guys that are going to be considered first round draft choices, just overwhelming. And it just goes to show you why we were such a dominant team this year on defense, the kind of athletes that are going to excel on the next level, we're doing that here, but they were also doing it on a technique uh, and making, taking those times and that strength and that agility and running a scheme and making it work, which is coaching and uh, player development. So you add all that together, it's just going to be really, really uh, helpful in your recruiting when you go out and say, look, uh, we, we certainly have five stars here at Georgia. We bring in five-star players, but we also bring in guys like Jordan Davis, who three-star player and a little bit overweight when he got here, and but still had the potential. And we worked him, and he, he, he believed in what we did. And uh, look where he is now. So uh, certainly Jordan deserves a lot of credit for it, but also our strength and condition and our nutritionist, our uh, – defensive line coach, defensive coordinator, head coach, they share in all of it because it gets back to this. If you just listen to Jordan Davis talk and see the the message that he portrays, he's bought in whether you listen to national championship uh, deal when he got up on the stage uh, or the other day when he was out there talking and you listen to him, he's bought in and he's sold on what we're doing here. And he's a very good example. If you do what you're told to do, this is what's going to happen. You take your ingredients and you mix it in together, come out with a, with a really good recipe for success. So, uh, but the overriding thing that just got me and really was a kind of an emotional thing was to see Jordan Davis and uh, Devontae White sitting over on the sideline when the other guys were being tested. Now, you can't make that stuff up. I mean, most guys, when they finish their stuff, they're off and running. They're going somewhere, going out to eat or going with their agent. Or yeah. We did see uh, when Jordan Davis finished up his uh, – we hit that crazy jump that he had – one of the first guys he went over to uh, congratulate was Trayvon Walker, who had run that crazy. Uh, was it a four-five-one? Trayvon. Uh, let me let me get that number pulled back up just to be sure I'm not getting it wrong. But it was fast. Yeah. Yeah, because this guy that said he wanted he, I was watching when Trayvon Walker uh, was talking to uh, Shockley, and uh, they had a. It was as he was walking to do the full interview. Shockley was able to go up there and grab it for just a second. He said, "Hi, right, man. What do you want to run? What in your forty time?" And um, uh, Trayvon said four or five, and Shockley's eyes got about that big. He's like, okay, okay, you know. And uh, so I tweeted out that he wanted to run a four or five. And then when he was asked, you know, a few seconds later in front of that big, um, in front of the big scrum, he said, I want to run a four or six or better. And he ran an or better. So, uh, but it was neat to see uh, Nicobe Dean run up to him, congratulate him. It was neat to see 
uh, Devontae White, you give him a fist bump, and Big Jordan Davis go up and give him a hug. And, Coach, I think that's what you were talking about before you, you, we lost you there. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, I don't. I hope I don't come in and out. But I think we can beat this thing in a submission. But we also want to be happy and, and understand that, you know, just because they did well, that doesn't mean we can't talk about it. I mean, hey, these guys are national champions. And they were national champions at the combine. They did a lot of the things that we've seen Alabama and Clemson and uh, LSU guys do. Uh, you know, when Joe Burrow went there, when Chase went there, when when these guys had a chance to show what they do, and now you're seeing them in the NFL do the same thing. I mean, Joe Burrow took an average team on its back and took them to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to see. Another thing that was really happy for me was to see George do so well on his running because he's going to he's going to shine catching the ball. There's nobody in in the the country that's going to catch a ball and use a catch radius any better than he does. Hasn't dropped since he's been here. But to run that kind of speed with a torn ACL operation and have a B6. Coach, you might want to move to the other spot uh, that we do the podcast sometimes because your internet is cutting in and out. One thing, Roddy, that I just wanted to ask you because you were there in Indianapolis talking with the players and speaking with them. I mean, we got to hear some energy from some guys that's on our YouTube channel. Um, and, Coach, I, you might want to move to your other spot is what I mentioned a second ago, if that is helpful. Yeah, I've, I've started out in the good spot, I thought, but we'll go to the other one. Uh, producing on the fly. Um, yeah, I think this weather's not helping me too much. But uh, yeah, no, the, no, I've noticed when the weather gets bad, you, you get screwed over a little bit. Uh, but, Roddy, yeah. like, there were some players in their media sessions that we didn't get to see as much of when they were here in Athens uh, for one reason or another. Devontae Wyatt said that he's just now getting comfortable with media, but darn if he wasn't as comfortable as anybody I've ever seen do it. So just from the sessions of talking with the guys, what was your takeaway? I'm really, really pissed off at Kirby Smart. I am so furious with that man because he could have given us Devontae Wyatt for years. He could have given us George Pickens for years. George did a great job. I'm with Coach 100%. No one expected George Pickens to run as fast as he did. And talking to some people up there, they're like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's recovering. He's recovering. He kept hearing that he's recovering. Well, he looks pretty damn recovered to me and to fly off like that. And he did a great job at his media session. And, yes, George has been immature over the years, but he showed a lot more maturity and a lot uh, – uh, a, uh, a great genus uh, quoi when it comes to the uh, dealing with the media. He he did a great job on that. Uh, but Devontae Wyatt held court. I mean, I kept just tweeting out individual clips of Devontae Wyatt's answers about you know what questions he was asked. He was so engaging. He was charming. Uh, and we, and then Shannon Tindall did the same thing. But we knew Tindall was a great uh, interview. We knew that he is just a soundbite machine and how much fun he is. But Devontae Wyatt was an absolute riot. Jamari Sawyer, of course, has always been a pro. We get Jamari Sawyer on there all the time. He does a great job. But Zamir White was bubbly. This is a guy who you know, has a well-documented, uh, I won't say nervousness, but uncomfortability when it comes to dealing with the media. You know, he's, had, he's, he's, he's worked on it, but just like he did when he's, with his ACL issues, he tackled it head on, and uh, he came out just grinning ear to ear and then, of course he ran really well and jumped through the roof so i was very excited for zamir white but yeah. hey, can i tell you a quick story about zamir white because my sure. wife's a speech therapist and so the story of him where i mean he he almost didn't make it as a baby and then he had to have that very severe 
um, what cleft palate surgery uh, and it dealt with all the nasal cavity and everything else and the speech therapy that comes with that. And my wife sees kids that deal with this all the time. Zamir White is a inspiration to that whole world of like, look what you can do. Look what you can overcome. It's really tough to put yourself in public situations when you're not always comfortable for all of those reasons, for the things that you have to work on. And and he's been, I think, public about overcoming some of that. And he's going to continue to have that spotlight. Uh, my wife cried watching a, a story that ESPN did with Zamir White. So um, congrats to him for being comfortable in that space and uh, really just being an inspiration. And he looked at what he came out there. He was just uh, so engaging. You know, he, he didn't uh, avoid any tough questions. You know, he uh, uh, was attentive. And, and my point being, we could talk about some of the crazy numbers they put up. And I, and I like to. I, I like to beat it to death. I like to point out Channing Tittle jumping 42 inches, you know, <laughs> higher than just about anybody there. I love uh, Jordan Davis setting records for the 40-yard dash for guys over 300 pounds and jumping over 10 feet on the broad jump. No 300-pound guy has done that. He, I mean, he's at the tops there for guys in general. I mean, he out-jumped linebackers. He outran, you know, uh, some defensive ends. It was amazing what he did. But, of course – he wasn't the only one, you know, Lewis seen had a great interview. I must've tweeted out 30 different clips of Lewis scenes interview there. But my point being those interviews were great. Some of those guys, we didn't get talked to a whole lot. So I tease about being mad at Kirby for not letting us talk to those guys more, but that same energy and that same um, uh, composure went into those interviews with NFL GMs and head coaches that Devontae White bubbly personality that we saw was there when he was being interviewed by the Rams and the Raiders and the Texans and stuff like that. Same with Zamir White, same with Lewis Seen, same with Jamari Sawyer. Those guys accounted themselves well on the field and in the interview rooms. And I can go back to – I remember when Trent Thompson got up there. It was just – it was a train wreck. And other guys have had very bad media interviews and very bad head coach interviews, you know, where they met with the teams. Everybody I spoke to said these guys killed it. Coach would know more about it than I do, but I'm just saying the, the, the buzz that we got behind the scenes was these guys were interviewing incredibly well. Now let's see what they can do on the field. And then when they got on the field, they killed it. So everybody improved their status uh, at the uh, at combine this past week. Well, Coach, you yeah, mentioned that there's something that uh, adding to that is for our fans here. Uh, you know, our fans have got people out there they know in the business world or whatever, and they have communication with them. I, I know coaches. I mean, it's a proven fact that I've had relationships with these guys. But when you get a text from an NFL head coach and the guy's sitting there and he says, do you know this guy? It's pretty cool. I mean, Jordan Davis, heck, yeah, I know him. But he's sitting there interviewing him and he asked me if I know him because I'd been telling him about what a good kid he was. So it was good. You know, that's that's what I'm saying. Those those guys, and they do a good job of – checking you out psychologically, you know, with all these tests and stuff. But but uh, one of the things I always like about recruiting is to go in a guy's home uh, and when he's in a relaxed atmosphere and just talk to him and see what he's all about because you're going to have to motivate that guy and, and uh, put him in a team situation and, and take all these numbers that they got and transform into your program. And a lot of times – uh, you just don't feel good about the fact that this guy's going to be coachable and and be the kind of guy that can fit in with your team, and that's what these NFL guys are doing. They they got all these issues with the with the uh, players uh, these days, you know, from the standpoint of 
uh, just look at baseball. You know, they have a union and they got all these demands and everything, which is okay. I, I can understand that. But the same thing in football, the, the union c- controls, you know, the pay and all that stuff. But you want kids that come in and are going to be team guys. I mean, you, you got to be a team guy to be uh, certainly you're going to try to do the best you can for your with your agent and all. But uh, to be a football team, I don't care what level you're on, you got to do some sacrifice. And now a lot of these young kids in midget league football, they don't want to play an offensive line. They want to go out there and be a wide receiver or quarterback. But somebody's got to line up in those five positions. So you're in there. So you're going to have to sacrifice some. But uh, I think – just from an overview, it's always good to know that uh, what we know about somebody is one thing, but that those people find out about it pretty quickly, what we've been knowing for four or five years. And I go back to one of the first shows I did here uh, when I told Roddy, and at that time somebody else was on with us, I said, we had two guys in here watching uh, our bowl practice, Ch- Channing Tindall from Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, Jordan Davis from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And we were just over there talking, and uh, they were talking about the future and that, hey, George is going to be on the map, and they really believe in Kirby. And they felt like his his ability to put people in the pros was one of the reasons that they came here. And I remember that very vividly. I remember talking about it on the show and now here they are, it's come to fruition and Shannon Tyndall and Quay Walker, two of the best kept secrets in America because of the, all the notoriety that Nicobe got, which he should have, but these guys are going to fit in to an NFL program. But the number one thing that came out of beside the, the, all this good stuff about the kids and everything was Lewis seen running sub four, four, and now I know why Kirby had him as a gunner on punt teams. You don't put somebody out there that can't run like a yard dog. And so that's pretty proven. I mean, it wasn't surprising to Kirby that he ran that good. He's he's uh, he's going to put the fastest guys on the team out there to go down. That's why Miko was out there. All these other guys were gunners. They had seen out there to go down there and cover punts. So, uh Trayvon Walker on kickoff coverage, too. As usual, Kirby knows what he's doing, contrary to what some of our people think. But uh, he does. I mean, it's a joke. They're they going to always question coaches. But uh, seriously, Lewis Seen just jumped up like uh, some kind of uh, – what was that guy, that pole vaulter for, uh, from Russia that was just uh, unbelievable, only lost one time. He just oh, – he, he I, I know what you're talking about. He just pole vaulted up the, the – uh, he probably helped himself at least 50 places in the draft. Yeah, especially, again, with the with the interview that he had, you know, um, and I like that uh, when he met with the media, he had his hair back. You know, he has really long hair, gets in front of his eyes a lot. and Yeah, I was Will, getting to see his eyes. Yeah, Will Muschamp told him, don't do that. Pull your hair back. Let him see your face. Is it Sergey yeah. Bubka? Is that who That's we're trying to remember? People have a tendency to typecast, you know, hey, well – this guy's probably an introvert. He's got these things about himself, and, and really, he's not. But people wear the hair any way they can, except me and Roddy. We got no choice. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's just that's the way it goes. But uh, so, what else are we going to give this good commercial here, Roddy? Uh, co- Coach, are you trying to remember Sergey Bubka? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Ah, yes, I'm good at Google. But I think it was Serge Bubka. 
I think the best thing about him was the fact he couldn't get over the bar the only time he had to do it. He never not didn't do it, but he passed in the Olympics and he passed and he passed because he was, you know, it's so easy. But when he finally had to do it in the Olympics, he couldn't do it. Serge couldn't get over the bar. And uh, I always remember that's his only failure in the Olympics. He, he uh, passed too much. And then when it's time to uh, meet, meet, you know, meet the combine standards, Serge couldn't do it. Final thing I want to mention on the combine, and Coach, you mentioned this a second ago, saying that there are 32 first-round picks. And if you go back to Kirby Smart's first year, Georgia has had one player selected over seven rounds. I would say that Georgia has four guaranteed first-round picks in this draft, and as many as seven if it falls just in the right way when you start looking at scene pickings. And then Quay Walker, if someone falls in love with him late in the first round, that's not too much of a stretch. I don't think it'll be seven. It'll probably end up being about five. But even to be in that discussion, it's just insane. Hey, that's tremendous. And you guys have done a good job projecting that, you and Brent. And uh, I'm sure Brent's going to be mad if, if all these some of these NFL people disagree with him because he's an authority. <laughs> And we know that you're an aspiring general manager to be. So, <laughs> and seriously, uh, I, I think uh, one thing we'll see with free agency hitting here, that's going to affect some of these draft teams. If they pick up some guys in free agency that they don't expect to, then they might trade around. And then that, that affects our players a little bit based on, let's say, you need a wide receiver and then you all of a sudden you pick up uh, Devontae, you know, you pick up Adams from the Green Bay, but Green Bay's probably going to franchise tag him to keep him. But just all these stuff will interact, and we'll see how it goes. And it's kind of like our team, based on our needs and everything. Sometimes we let guys go that are committed to us based on we can get somebody else. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and, and certainly uh, I'm sure that red room is going to be another great look out there for Georgia uh, – or green room, whatever you call it. I mean, it's a red carpet and the green. It's room. a red room now. <laughs> but it'll be red and black, that's for sure. But there'll be so many guys in that room for Georgia. I mean, it'll be a lot of fun watching it in, in late April. Uh, and uh, I hope Kirk, <laughs> I hope Kirby will go out there and hug their necks, but he'll probably be out recruiting somewhere. You know, he can't waste uh, three or four hours. He's got to be on the road or something. But, uh, you know, uh, he's got to be so proud. I mean, this makes you feel good to see your guys reach that, reach that kind of pinnacle and have that kind of potential to set themselves up for life, too. We got to look at you got three defensive linemen who did wonders for two of them were absolute. And I, I don't use the word freaks very often because it's overused in our sports, it becomes a cliche. But when you have Trayvon Walker, that's a freak. Jordan Davis, that's a freak. Devontae Wyatt, not exactly freakish, but put up some crazy numbers. So those three guys are going to go high. And you got the three inside linebackers, the two that you say coach are, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, uh, hidden gems in the, in the NFL uh, draft coming up. And of course, the Kobe Dean there, everybody's watching. So you got three linebackers to watch. Two guys in the secondary. Lewis Team goes off, does his thing. Darren Kendrick uh, had a good combine. Nothing to that really blew your doors off there. But I mean, we know that he's a possible uh, high draft pick. They thought he was last year when he might have left uh, Clemson early. So uh, just, just looking at the defensive guys, there would be a lot of high picks, and they all really did a good job this past week. And it, you're right, it's going to be another infomercial because the one thing I kept noticing, noticing was. Um, Rich Eisen and Daniel Jeremiah going, 
hey, it's another Georgia guy. It's another Georgia guy. If you're a high school kid and you're watching the Combine and you hear them raving about Georgia, it's as if they were talking about Alabama and LSU, like you said earlier in the show, Coach, when back when that's all they could talk about. You heard Alabama 57 times, you know, a minute, and now you got the same thing about Georgia. It, it, it's going to pay dividends down the road when Kirby's, at, you know, sitting in those uh, high school gyms look, talking to a kid, you know, they're absolutely going to love it. Speaking of things that you're going to love, I'm going to mention our friends over at Dead Soxie, and I'm going to have Bane, if you would, uh, pull up their latest uh, promotion there. Uh, of course, if you want a free pair of socks, any pair you want, become a VIP insider at Dead Soxie. Just go to their site. The little window will pop up. You put in your first name, your email, and you just let them know, hey, I want a free pair of socks. Great way to try the damn things. I mean, you, you all I can tell you to do, folks, if you get anything on this show – is to try these socks one time. If you hate them, return them. You won't. You're going to love it. You know, it's like trying to convince somebody to, um, uh, you know, uh, try pizza for the first time. You're like, oh, this is great. Yes, you're going to love this. So uh, they still have their um, uh, Mardi Gras socks available. I know Mardi Gras is over, but you'll get them, get them for next year. Get them now while, you know, while they have them uh, before they run out. Try any of their business socks. Try any of their casual socks. Try the little no-shows. It's it's going to get warmer. You don't maybe you don't want the calf high ones, but if you do get the high calf ones, they got the true state technology. They're not going to drop on you. But if you want that kind of nice summer look with the most comfortable socks you've ever worn, get the no-shows. I wear the. I try to wear them out, but I wear those no-shows just about every day. I love them, and you can get them in a bunch of different colors. Uh, but they have all different designs. So if you want dress socks. Uh, College socks, you know, the, the the Georgia socks, the LSU socks, the Alabama socks, Ole Miss socks, they have those. So if you have somebody in your office and you're trying to give them a gift or, uh, you know, some sort of something for a graduation, graduation's coming up, take care of the high school kids that are graduating. Get them some great socks and hit them up when you get a chance. And I also want to mention our friends over at Athens Ford. Uh, Athens Ford, uh, over 220 vehicles available right now on the lot. That is tough to find in the Athens area, in the North Georgia area. Most places don't have a lot of vehicles left. Uh, the new ones haven't come in at the rate that they would like, and the uh, cost of pre-owned vehicles is through the roof. Well, our friends at Athens Ford have plenty of them. And, of course, just about every vehicle you get out there is going to have a lifetime powertrain warranty on it. If you need some service done on your vehicle, you know, if you drive as much as I do uh, and you want to get it checked out, go on, go to Athens Ford, hit the um, – uh, service tab, schedule the service when you want to do it. They basically give you their calendar and say, look, pick a spot. You pick a spot, you let them know, they confirm it, they check with you. It's uh, It doesn't get any easier than that. And again, if you want to special order a vehicle, you can do that right there on the website. So uh, just want to let you know, folks, it's uh, tons of vehicles are available in Athens if you need one, but you got to go to Athens Ford to do so. All right, uh, Dane, I'm going to uh, pan over to this uh, chicken Spicy chicken tender sandwich that they here at uh, yeah, I want to say eats while you ask some questions. And we got some, uh, let me call it up here. Let me get it lined up. Yeah, look at that damn sandwich. That's a fantastic looking sandwich. Uh, the NFL delicious. The NFL draft is in Las Vegas. My advice to any players, George or otherwise, is uh, stay away from the sports books. Calvin Ridley <laughs> can tell you so. Uh, although he did it on one of the, the apps on his phone. I do want to mention, though, when Coach was talking about making sure those guys fit when you do those interviews, making them fit your team, you're going to be sure he's not a dumbass like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, who knows? I mean, I guarantee there's more guys betting in the, than that in the NFL. But uh, <laughs> but uh, 
there's so many other things that happen that don't get anything suspended. I don't know what they do sometimes, but I got more things to think about right now. Let's talk a little Georgia ball and uh, see what happens here. This question is from UJ. I want to mention one thing here. Our spring sports are off to a good start. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about, uh, about, you know, a softball, a baseball, uh, men's and women's tennis and golf, uh, our track team, just phenomenal what potential is. And only, she's only been here. I mean, he left her good players, but I see those girls and boys working out over there in, in the indoor some, you know, they got a little area in there where they can do it. And they're just so communicate so well. And, and you can tell this coach is doing a really good job with it, but I'm just, uh, from a sports fan, there's a lot to do around here. You should go. We're playing Florida on Friday, men's tennis. And let's get a big crowd out there and hoot those guys. I mean, they don't like to be yelled at when they're serving and all that. And let's piss them off. Let's get after <laughs> those gators. Uh, same thing. We got South Carolina on Sunday. So, uh, tremendous win last week for uh, Georgia beating Mississippi State there on the road in tennis. And uh, we got a bunch of fighters, not a bunch of great players but they really play hard same thing with women's tennis so uh that's my talk about our sports programs but uh there's a lot more than just football going on so get over there and support them and also got to meet somebody i was looking forward to coach lamb's granddaughter everybody knows coach lamb he just had a birthday 86 years old one of the great high school coaches in georgia history but his granddaughter is a catcher on our softball team. And I was over there and I was just talking back and forth to somebody and this young, pretty young lady over there. I said, uh, what sport do you play? And she said, well, I'm a softball player. I said, good. I've been wanting to ask somebody. I said, I'd like to meet coach Lamb's granddaughter. I knew she was going to be a uh, good catcher here. And uh, uh, do you know her? She said, yes. I said, well, you think you can hook me up with it? He said, she said, I'm, that's who I am right here. So <laughs> cool. Talking to her, and uh, she said she's hitting about 475, got off to a good start, and uh, it fires me up. I mean, uh, you always like those little, like I know, uh, sister plays and all that, but uh, let's get behind those softball teams too. Well, we spring practice. spring practice starts next week, Coach, and we uh, told everybody that – They've actually regained a, um, a practice field in time for the uh, uh, spring practice start. Also, they just entered, opened up the new restaurant inside the, that new uh, bull, uh, uh, football media, football facilities building. So they've got uh, new coaches, room offices over there. The new meeting room is up and re uh, is open for them to use. Uh, so you're practice. just teeing me up right now for what I want to talk about because yes, spring though, practice is here. It's uh, just uh, yeah, a week, a week from today. But I'm going to do a little facility enhancement here because okay. yesterday, Coach Switzer, uh, his his lawyer uh, friend who I knew when he was uh, in high, his son and his uh, other son are interested in going to uh, looking at some schools. So they came and visited Georgia and. Uh, uh, very graciously, Vince, uh, uh, a really good young guy over there in the athletic department, took us on a tour of the facilities, which I'm used to and all, but I didn't know all the things that went into doing what we had to do. And we went through the new part and saw the big, spacious meeting room. 
and uh, walked right in there and went around and saw the restaurant and all that stuff. But it's amazing in that restaurant, the way they got it set up. It looks like, you know, you're just going into a, a restaurant, but they got a lot of different areas. But they got one area where you can actually teach kids how to cook, uh, you know, which I'm asking if they let me go in there because I can't even cut on there. So they're going to have me as one of the guys that learn how to cook. And then outside they can go and uh, grill and all that. I think I told you about that, but uh, just a lot of planning that went into that, the way they fixed the lockers and the way they did all this stuff and the temperature in the pools and all that stuff that I hadn't heard. I just saw the stuff, you know, so uh, uh, very good planning by uh, Josh Brooks, Kirby Smart, all those people. Uh, and Josh Lee, who's not there anymore, did a lot of a lot of good things too to help that building come to fruition. So, hey, uh, it is a dog heaven over there. I mean, it's just it's really good. Yeah, I, and the I, new field, the new field, yeah, is just uh, ready to be rocked. I mean, you can go out there and just immaculate and ready. And it's going to help our players because they don't have to run. I mean, they have to run a lot anyhow, but now all of a sudden they don't have to run from the end of one field all the way into the indoor building so they can do that. You know, now they can do a lot of just practice on your own field and, and not have to worry about who's sharing. Is the offense getting enough work on grass? Is the defense getting enough work in the turf? So now they got offense and defensive fields, which, hey, uh, we've been working at a handicap, man. No telling what's going to happen with our team. Now we might win some games. <laughs> I, I, I do want to mention that uh, Josh Brooks has a lot on his plate. So Josh, uh, he you know, got that building approved, got the building completed. And I want to mention two things about – and people talk, why are you talking about practice fields? Because I want to give a, a shout-out to Josh Brooks, who's – we have a uh, hot board at the on the front page of UJSports.com right now about who the next basketball coach is going to be. We've been telling you for – weeks, months, but Tom Crean was not going to be the basketball coach next year. He's going to be let go. There's no question about it. Um, you can act like it's breaking news. It's not. It's been decided when he's led Georgia to the worst basketball record since, what, since the 70s. So it's done. He's He'll be gone as after that last game. I think they played Vandy on uh, this uh, tomorrow. But it, it's, it's over. Um, even if he wins, they will be looking for a new coach, and we have a hot board of coaches that have whose names have popped up and guys who are searching. So Josh Brooks has his plate full for that, but he's also, uh, you know, they coach uh, Smart wanted a new practice field, or basically wanted to reclaim a practice field with actual turf, you know, actual grass, so that when they go to spring practice next week, it's uh, he has more than just the one, and he's got it. It was approved. It was done a few weeks ago. It's going to be ready for. Uh, uh, spring practice next Tuesday. But I want to point out that their previous practice field, they only had the one grass practice field because the other one was being used as a staging area as they built a new building. It was covered in uh, construction equipment. So they had the one build, the one field that got war slap out over the course of last season. Well, towards the end, right before, I think, the SEC championship game, they went in, peeled up the whole thing, and put down new grass just in case, just in case Georgia needed it if they were going to play in Miami. Now, remember, everyone figures Georgia's going to go to the playoffs. They're either going to play in Miami or they're going to play out in Dallas. Dallas, you're indoors. Miami, you're outdoors. One's on grass, one's on turf. Georgia put in a practice field just to get for the, those practices leading up to the bowl game. They put in new grass for that field. And I'm just saying, Kirby's done a great job, but the 
Jim Moorhead and the administration giving him the goal. When he puts in a request and he gets it, hey, I need a new locker room. I need a new facilities building. I need new turf fields. He's been getting those. And again, they did all this. They won a championship without a, a lot of that stuff. So to your point, Coach, hell, they might be good now. So that'll be fun to see how it turns out. <laughs> they yeah. even had the December graduation in the stand, so that way Sanford Stadium didn't have people on the grass in case they needed it for practice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I did not know that. That's that's great news. It's no matter what we're going to do now that we can eat. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Jordan. You know the, the next Jordan Davis might actually be able to jump thirty-eight inches. <laughs> No, we've been eating good. I we've been in a handicap as far as not having the, you know, we had to do everything catered, but now we got our own chefs. And I mean, it's, they got, I mean, call your parent, you know, call she, your. She, uh, Coach, I'm going to interrupt you because she got a call out in the middle of one of those interviews. Uh, one of the, I can't remember which player said it, but he actually gave Collier Perno. Uh, I mean, I can't pronounce it's Ryan's her husband, but what, what happened then? One of the uh, players during an interview when we mentioned uh, the support staff and mentioned Collier Perno by name at the NFL Combine as uh, being a person who helped him get to where he was through the nutrition uh, program they have at UJ. Now, if you guys remember, it was uh, all the Georgia coaches were tweeting at her, you know, telling Collier Perno to come home when she was at Florida, you know, and you had you know, players doing it, coaches doing it. She came back and she actually got a shout out at the NFL Combine. From one of the players saying, "Yeah, she did it." And of course, Ron Corson got a few shouts out, shout outs as well. You know, some of the assistant coaches did, but I thought that was quite interesting. Again, support staff really coming through, and they'll all be relied on starting next Tuesday. Hey, uh, let's get here. I mean, I always talked about uh, when setting up a program when you become a head coach. One of the most important things is morale. Yeah. It's the same thing in Dane and with your people you work with. Uh, if you feel good about what you're eating, what you're wearing, uh, your uh, dressing rooms, your every, I mean, the less you can have to worry about, about just the routine stuff, then, then all the other, you don't have enough stress trying to execute against another player. So it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be, you know, just the best in the history of America, but you know, you, you need something where, I mean, I don't know anybody that feels good when you don't eat right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't say right because a lot of us don't eat right. I mean, when you just when you're not getting what you want to eat. I mean, yeah, don't make Jordan Davis hangry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. Hey, right, coach, some questions here. What we got? Well, before we get to, I, I know Roddy wants to mention uh, it is uh, points day for your pie, where you can get double points on Tuesday. Before we get to that, quickly, I had a question for you that I just with recruiting. One of the the failures, at least that I've heard with Tom Crean, is that he didn't establish the relationships that he needed, specifically with the AAU scene around Atlanta and basketball recruiting. Now, I, it may be different across all the different sports. I understand that, but when there's a, a specific area that you need to really invest your time in and learn how to recruit there and get to know the people, how do you do that? Like in football, I think of the Miami area of one that's historically kind of that same reputation. Well, I think anybody that's got any people skills, and I think Coach Crean has some. I mean, I'm not here to critique him, but I just think from a standpoint, when you come into another area, you've got to understand what that area is all about. Like, I've never been to West Virginia, even been in my life, but one of the first things I tried to do was meet with the high school coaches 
and talk to them about uh, how are they treated, what do they need, how can we help them with clinics. Just go meet them on their level and talk to them. The same thing. You just got to go over there and just say, all I want is a chance. Don't judge me on what's happened in the past. Judge me on what I do. Uh, I've had a lot of success working with with coaches. I've had camps with coaches in, in high school. At, at, like I've told you, at uh, Oklahoma, we had a we, we ran the wishbone, so we didn't throw the ball. So a kid get coming to our camp really wasn't much to it. But we had separate camps around the, the state where we would do throwing and catching stuff where we could help kids, even though they probably weren't going to come to Oklahoma. But the idea is you, you can get, get those – they're invaluable uh, – you get a couple coaches on your side, and then they're they're talking to these. Other, hey, give this guy a chance. He's really, really somebody, and that really helped me in Atlanta because we did that at Marshall uh, to come into Atlanta recruiting to get some guys at Georgia and Georgia Tech weren't taken, but we built up some relationships with the high school coaches, and a lot of good players came there, and so we didn't have to really uh, start over. We we already knew some of these guys from our coaching, but we started recruiting a little better players here at Georgia. But the point is if you take a sales job or whatever you do, and you got to go into a new account, you got to find somebody to get that account. Somebody's going to get it. I talked to our players when they're getting ready to graduate. Uh, You know, you've got some good skills here, but there's some guys coming out of Florida and Tennessee and, these that have been trained a lot like you, uh, whatever you're going into, you're going to have to, somebody's going to hire you because what what makes both ways, what's good for them and what's good for you. So uh, just because you think you've got this degree, that only gets you in the door. Now you got to go to the dance and make something happen. So I would say, man, I just go out and meet them on their level and, you got to get the high school coaches behind you, but you also have your own camps, and your camps are so vital. If we look at Kirby Smart, one of the best things that happened here is just the fact that so many kids come here and get evaluated, not just for Georgia, but for these other schools that bring in bring in their coaches to watch us. It's a it's a melting pot of uh, good players come in here to just get a chance to play. So I would say. Establish the high school relations on their level and get the players here to your camp. I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah, let's hope the new basketball coach can do that. And uh, actually, I want to hit uh, one of the first questions. Get some NIL, man. Get <laughs> some NIL. Hey, the Classic City Collective, they're working on it. You got to so. get it for 85. They just got to get it for like 12. So uh, I would think you could do it. I mean, I mean, it's, it's no question. I was talking to. Uh, an NFL coach, and he was talking about it would be hard for me to go coach on the college level. I don't know how they do all that stuff, you know, recruiting, social media all the time, all that stuff. He said after football's over, uh, season's over, we can – you know, we got the draft and everything, but we don't have to be on the phone texting these kids and everything. But uh, I'm just going to say this and project it. This is March 8, 2022. NIL is going to be really good or it's going to destroy all of us in football. I mean, NFL uh, has their constraints, but the NCAA has got to find some way to get a hold on this thing right now because it's getting pretty, pretty much out of control. There is a lot of cash being dropped, and I don't know how much of it's legal either. 
It's technically all legal. Yeah, <laughs> we've heard that before. Right, right. I'm not inferring that it wasn't, but I'm saying I'm not inferring that no. it's not either. No, it is, and that's hopefully the new basketball coaches uh, can work with the Classic City uh, Collective and some of the other folks out there and say, hey, uh, what do I need to do to get in with these AAU coaches? What do I need to do to get these kids to come to UGA? You know, and it's uh, to me, basketball is even more important because you have so so few guys. You know? Right. So, and you look at the teams that are beating us, they're beating us with Georgia guys. And exactly. so many of them even actually played here, too. And uh, well, Yeah, but I was about to say, it's not so much just recruiting because Dane uh, makes a good point. There's the questions about uh, Tom Crean's uh, recruiting. He did land a bunch of players, but he couldn't retain them. So now you have to recruit all your players each year to keep them here. I mean, we're at the NFL Combine. I'm looking, hey, there's uh, – uh, Jermaine Johnson. Hey, look, there's there's Cade Mays. You know, it's, it's a bunch of former Georgia players up there as well. So, and again, it's guys are going to transfer. Guys are going to transfer in. Darian Kendrick from uh, Clemson. Can, you, can so, you believe that one room that one year where you had Anderson Cox? Oh, Brent Cox, yeah. Jermaine Johnson and Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, oh, Nolan Smith. Uh, and and it just uh, that was an unbelievable room right there. <laughs> that is loaded. I'd love to see a position uh, group photo from that. Uh, speaking of uh, things that are coming up, we're talking about the draft. I also want to mention that uh, in, oh, let's see, three, fourteen, six days, you're going to have March 14th. March 14th is 3.14, 3 slash 3.14 is pi for all of you folks who have a uh, uh, high school education as good as mine from Rockdale County High School. Anybody that remembers pi from your math classes, 3.14. That's exactly what our friends at YourPi are. They have a. They've been doing this since their uh, founding. Um, they have a Pie Day. It's March 14th. And they sell all their big pizzas for three dollars and fourteen cents. Now it goes on for three days because the demand is so heavy, and sometimes the line into into one of those YourPies is a bit long. So they said, okay, instead of doing it just on the uh, 14th, they do it through the 14th, 15th, and 16th. So check out our friends at YourPie. It's coming up. If you've never had a Euro pie, then I feel sorry for you. But at least try it next week on Pie Day when it's uh, $3.14 for one of their $8 pies. So well more than 50% off. Try it out. And while you're there, try some of the beers they have. Try to get a pizza. I mean, I get a, a salad, get a sandwich, uh, get, get one of their pastas. It's fantastic food. And I also want to mention our friends at Academia Brewing Company because I can tell you about the uh, fun stuff at uh, Euro pie that they do every year. Academia Brewing Company out in the uh, west side of Athens has some new things coming. Now, of course, uh, they have a new lunch menu that's going to be available from uh, open to four o'clock. You want to try that? Uh, try that out when you get a chance. But they're now going to have wine Wednesdays. So for people who are like, oh, I don't know, it's a brewing company. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm more of a wine person. Go on wine Wednesdays, and you can do these. Uh, they have uh, wine flights. So you can try a bunch of different wines, and they'll have the. Uh, okay, help me out here. Charcuterie boards, Char charcuterie. I can never say that word. You know I can't say that word. That's and yet, because you let, didn't go through broadcasting. You you, went you let me just flail. Yes. So they have one of those boards <laughs> from the our, our friends over at uh, Academy Brewing Company. So you can get your wine flight just like you can do a beer flight. That's the best thing about going to uh, uh, Academy Brewing Company. like, oh, I want to try this beer. I want to try that beer. I want to try that one. Just get a flight. They'll give you four different beers, you know, in small glasses. You can try each one of them, and then if you find one you absolutely love, just get the whole glass in it. But now you can do that with wine. So Wine Wednesdays is coming to Academia Brewing Company. Check them out when you get the chance. 
All right, uh, hit us up with some questions there. Uh, we had one from your uh, Twitter we need to get to. Yeah, that's last week. the first one I have. This is from last week from UJLum95, who always sends in great questions from Twitter, and we appreciate that. Uh, this was going off of our Stacy Cyril's conversation, Coach, and he was asking, uh, from Stacy Cyril's past players, does it suggest that a certain type of player is the one that he prefers? Would he favor any current players on the team? I'm not necessarily saying have a favorite, but Ben Jones was seeing his praises uh, on our show, uh, on a show with Blaine Gilmer uh, last week. And so can pass coaches kind of fit with a certain type of player when they come in onto a team? Yeah, they have a philosophy, but it's got to blend in with the current coach's philosophy because you, you're assuming players that the current current guys recruited. So you're going to do basically what when Kirby got here, he's to get bigger up front. And that's what we did under Pippen and continued under loop. So I don't think we're going to see much change there. Uh, we'll we'll see more uh, more of the same because Munkin's got the style of, of plays that we call, so you have to run those techniques along the plays. But uh, maybe some of the drills he does or maybe some of the uh, techniques that he uses to get the same results. But I can't see anything at this point based on the formula that we have. It's all based on Kirby's formula that – that these guys adjust to. I think that's what we've got to have uh, from Stacy. And I, I think the familiarity he has with Munkin, having coached with him, having met with him, having played games with him, the same thing with uh, Hartley and uh, also uh, BMAC, and to a certain extent, Mike Bobo being an, an analyst. So uh, there's a lot of familiarity there that's going to help him uh, jump in really quickly. And that's one thing I've always talked about. Uh, Trey Scott has done such a tremendous job here of learning the system so quickly because everybody, when he got here, knew the Bama system, which became the Georgia system. They knew all the calls. He knew everything about it. They'd worked together. And then all of a sudden he's in here and he's never had any, any knowledge of any of it. And he had to, just things that you think you just know right off the bat. You, you, you just can't take it for granted. So, I think he really did a great job between year one and year two learning it like he did. And I'm, this is not going to be a system that uh, Stacy has to he, – he can jump right in and, and uh, know what to do. From Bulldog Ben, more likely to have a 1,000-yard receiver or a 1,000-yard running back next season? I think, we'll have, I think we'll have both. I mean, we'll be a damn jerk – I mean, not a damn – we'll be a juggernaut. On offense. No, we'll be a damn juggernaut. That's what the coach said. Guys, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just thinking the uh, possibility of Kendall Milton or Kitty Mack uh, breaking off a thousand yards rushing with behind that offensive line. It just seems more likely versus you have so many more options at wide receiver. I mean, you're going to be throwing to AD Mitchell. You're going to be throwing Is Brock to Bowers in the transfer portal. Yeah, I'm just saying Brock Bowers is there. I don't. I mean, he had what, 800 yards or so. Uh, we'll have we'll have one of we'll have both. Yeah, but I, I, but again, just moving teams are going to have to start double teaming him. So to me, it's uh, I'm going to go with more the likelihood of a thousand yard running rusher is to me greater than a thousand yard receiver. But hey, coach says both, so I'll go with that. Well, you're right. The likelihood's there. That's true. But if you had to say which one over the other, because there's less receivers. I mean, there's less running backs, but. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, that big kid's coming in here from Mississippi. I mean, he's going oh, yeah. to have to. I just, 
I just think our offense is going to be – I mean, I don't know, think it. I mean, I know it. It's going to be – I hadn't said this in a long time. It'll be stronger than Aunt Mary's breath. That's for sure. Hunting dog with a very simple question. It's just the acronym HBTFD. How about those mm, dogs? All right, what, <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> just said, how about them dogs? That's that's the question. That's a good one. <laughs> how about them freaking dogs? Yeah. Sure. Uh, we have four questions from Middle Ten Dog, and that wraps our show. Yeah, he's getting his money's worth here. Uh, who will be the number two quarterback coming out of spring? Carson. Hey. Who'd you say? Carson Beck. Well, you know, Beck's got the inside track right now. Uh, just, but it, it's going to be a very competitive situation. I can see Vandergriff being in there, too. It'll be one of those two for sure. Uh, just hope everything works out with uh, everybody else that injury-wise and grade-wise, all that on your team, you never know what's going to happen. So uh, uh, I just hope uh, – we get through spring like we need to. What's the next one? With running back by committee, it uh, doesn't always mean much. Who's the number one running back after spring heading into the season? Great question. <laughs> I would say it, it's really up for grabs on based on injuries more than anything. Both these guys have had little little problems and big problems, you know, where they had to miss significant playing time. But uh, they'll be – They'll be looking to uh, protect these guys in the spring, too. I mean, they're not going to just go out there and bang them. So uh, it's one and one A with those two all year. It's going to be just like White and uh, and Cook. Those two guys are going to be – and, and you know, Edwards is going to do a good job, too. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Kenny Mack by a fraction of a percentage. Just Basically, I, I agree with Coach, it's one and one A, but when they – walk out there for that first snap of G-Day and whoever the uh, red or blue and black team, whichever is the, the number one offense, I think you see Kenny Mack on that side, mainly just because he's a senior. Yeah, I mean, that could happen. Just, that could happen. Sure. Just, as, just as a difference, hey, you're the senior, you get you go with the the ones. Kenny, I mean, uh, Kittle, you go with the twos, but dime's worth the difference. Both are really good. And both of those questions, I think it's important to acknowledge the depth, though, because if you look at Georgia at quarterback in the last few years, there's just been a high quantity of players that have ended up playing at the position, whereas years before, it was Jake Fromm a lot. It was Aaron Murray a lot. I mean, it was typically you don't go into the backups. What Georgia did, I don't think it will this year unless injury. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But at running back, you could see as many five guys play. That's just what Georgia does. They get a lot of people in there. Um, uh, the question, uh, what will happen to Georgia's recruiting in South Florida? Can Mario Cristobal lock it down down there? Uh, or how will his in-state recruiting affect Georgia? I think it's been a big move for Miami to get Cristobal in there. He's certainly entrenched with the high school coaches. Uh, being a former player there, he knows a lot of the alums. Uh, he knows a lot of the small little league coaches that, uh, you know, develop these guys and become their mentors. Uh, he's certainly going to be a big factor, a bigger factor than what we've seen. Uh, but you'll continue to see uh, Coley come in there hard for Texas A&M. And I think Billy Napier now being the coach at Florida is going to have a Nick Saban type recruiting uh, deal going. They got a pretty big NIL already going in that Florida collective. So, 
I could say the combination of uh, Billy Napier uh, and Mario Cristobal and Coley will make it harder for us in South South Florida than it's been for sure. Question also from Middle Tennessee Dog. Let's find a one from him. Uh, is Clemson done? He says that he saw their incoming quarterback at Westlake a couple of times this year. He said he's a legit player. Uh, he will be a quarterback number one in the future, but he's just wondering, is Clemson's slide inevitable at this point? You know, Clemson's number one quarterback is not that kid from Westlake. He's a kid from out in uh, Texas and one of the most highly recruited guys in America and very similar to what they've had. I think – Everybody has maybe a little bit, nothing against his question. I think a little bit quick to judge Clemson based on this year, but they lost a, a phenomenal quarterback, number one drafting the guy in the country, and they didn't have the running backs or receiver, but their offensive line was terrible. And they made, yes. some, they made some big changes there with coaching-wise and recruiting-wise. Uh, I still think he's got to – Start to think about using the transfer portal. The only ways he's used it so far, somebody that's played at Clemson before that left, and then he let him come back. But uh, I don't. I'm not ready to stick a fork in Clemson because I see the rest of the ACC. Uh, you got a lot of new coaches in the ACC too, but uh, some other trending downward too. Uh, ACC wise, you know, North Carolina didn't have the year they expected. Louisville. Uh, I would say Clemson is a lot better suited to be uh, like they were. Uh, you know, I think Clemson is going to stay up there myself. Hey, your Wolfpack's on the come up a little bit, though. The what? Your Wolfpack is on the come up a little bit. Oh, the pack. You can't forget about the pack is back, man. We got a <laughs> lot of good players coming back and a good quarterback. And. Uh, had a big year, and uh, they were able to retain most of their coaches, I think almost their whole staff. So, Pack is, is definitely up there, that's for sure. Uh, for, I, I should have talked about them a little more. But uh, I think uh, North Carolina has recruited on a high level. I mean, you look at what they've recruited the last couple of years. They're going to be young, but and they lose a good quarterback. But I think they'll be more talented than they were last year. So, but this is an SEC show. We, you know, when we look at SEC, stronger than Ajax in the West. I mean, that's what's going to be so hard to, for anybody to catch up in the West right now. Uh, everybody's so good. I mean, you're going to knock each other off. Uh, only team that's really doesn't show me a lot is Auburn in the West, but everybody else can be really good. Let's uh, sneak in a couple of final questions here from YouTube and Facebook. Tiger Baskin says, Coach Donnan, would you say that bringing uh, a graduate assistant is the best way to get a head coaching job? I think he means being a graduate assistant. Well, you know, the, the thing about coaching now, the entry-level coaching, it's just hard to get in uh, uh, without some high school ex or college experience. But a uh, graduate assistant or even if you can just be a, a – uh, volunteer just come in and try to get your feet in the door but uh, you just look at all the guys that have moved from georgia because of their association with it whether it be analyst or graduate assistant or volunteer i mean there's a lot of people moving from here and the same thing in these other areas too like nutrition and weights so i would say any way to get in entry level do it graduate assistant is a little more difficult because you got Nothing wrong with it, but you got to go to class too. So uh, that's hard to do when you're doing all this other grunt work. 
go and uh, try the recruiting office venue. Help them out in the recruiting office. They need they need people that can break down film. They need people that can uh, keep up with who's talked to who and stuff like that. And it's yeah, uh, that's, that's it gives a good you a good, point. It gives you a good feeling for how it works out. If you're a high school guy, I mean, going into college, and go over there and tell them you want to volunteer to learn how to break down tape. It's called the dog pound. Yeah, I think they, we they, got, they got a bunch of them over there. I think we got 15 people on the volunteer watching tape. So, uh, you know, they call out a lot of people and then give the, the real good ones to the recruiting people and then they give them to the assistant coaches. So, uh, let's go to this final question from Robert Barnes. As coach, you brought in some outstanding defensive linemen in your time. How much do you think that it will help Georgia in recruiting in the future at that position? And this was during our discussion on the combine. So in your experience, when players get drafted high like that, how much does it actually affect recruiting at that position? Yeah, I mean, it's pelts, pelts on the wall, you know, uh, from a hunting <laughs> position. I mean, you got – you got those guys like Trey Scott. He's talking about it. He's going in those homes. Look, uh, uh, we brought these guys in here and look where they are now. And uh, Georgia's history of having great – I mean, I, I texted Marcus Stroud yesterday. had a little uh, injury on his foot and had surgery, and uh, he's okay. But uh, it's just – you got guys like Stroud and Seymour and uh, Charles Grant, those guys that played it for us, uh, not to mention – Jermaine and uh, Jermaine Smith and Ferguson and uh, Marlis Leroy. Those guys are just in the history of Georgia and go back to Stanford and all those guys and Steve Greer. So I think it's going to help for sure. But the number one thing for us is Kirby Smart has the 20-year – Kind of did well. Whatever. What year did he start at Alabama? Two thousand eight or something like that. He's got like fifteen years of NFL development now. When you look at all the guys that played for him defensively at Alabama, and now here, um, invaluable. I mean, unbelievable to get on your recruiting, and uh, our recruiting is going to always be good here. It's, it's just at a high level. And I was one point out, it, it takes away one of the negative recruiting uh, mantras that teams use against Georgia all the time. When they say, When's the last time they had a defensive lineman drafted? You know, you take that away with two guys in the first round or three guys in the uh, first two rounds or something like that. You're like, hey, look where Trayvon Walker went. You're the next Trayvon Walker. You're the next uh, uh, Devontae White. You're the next Jordan Davis. You know, that. And then next year, you're the next Jalen Carter. You're the next Zion Logue. You know, that, that stuff's going to, that's, it, it, it adds up. Exactly. Because I remember like four years ago, Kirby's first or second year, they were saying that Georgia hadn't had an offensive or defensive lineman taken in the first first round since 2004 or something like that. That kid that went to uh, Buffalo, that offensive lineman, was the last one. Uh, so, I mean, so it, that really makes a difference. And you, it's also a difference in the way our team's playing. You got two tackles taken in the first round last year's draft. Sire's going to go big this year. Schaefer helped himself. I mean, that helps a lot. But there's D linemen for sure. But, when you uh, back, yeah, when you had two first round uh, draft picks on the offensive line. You had two uh, high cornerbacks taken. You had two guys taken, two running backs taken. Where have you not had trouble recruiting since? Offensive line, running back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, quarterbacks. It's not, you know, it, it's a one to one ratio. If those guys get drafted high, it's easier to recruit. No question. 
Coach, how many uh, NFL head coaches will be in Athens for pro day? Is it going to be all 32? You know, one thing that I thought about, I said last week that it's going to be over under 20. Then I started thinking about all these guys ran so good and tested so good, and they were watching them. They're, they're saying, hey, I don't need to see these guys again. I'm, I'm going to go where there's somebody that we really need to check out more and, and give them a shot. So I, I'm saying there might not be as many now because we did so dang good, but hopefully there'll be a lot of them here just so uh, I can see some of them, talk to them. But I would say there's going to be less than what we probably thought before because we did so dang good. Thought of that. I thought it would have been the opposite, but that makes perfect sense. You're like, well, shit, we don't have any, we don't have any questions about that guy. We know what he can do. And again, I, I, we, we talk about the fact that these guys ran well and lifted well. Jamari Sawyer knocking out 31 reps, the second highest uh, of anybody there on the on the bench. Uh, when Trayvon Walker was running his drills and he looked so smooth and effortless, just like a land speeder, just zipping back and forth, you know, like his feet weren't touching. He was, it was night and day compared to some of the other guys in his group. If you were watching that as a head coach, you you know, you're Bill Belichick, and you're looking down, watching him move that smoothly, you're like. I know where that guy's at. He's he's number two on our board, you know, or number one at that position, depending on what we do with this other thing or what we do in free agency. Uh, those drills meant a lot. So that's a good point, Coach. I hadn't thought about the fact that you might have less guys because they answered the questions uh, last week. So, See, I look at anyway. it differently, though. I would think that, like, if a coach is saying, hey, look at the amount of talent Georgia's producing year over year, I'm going to get to Athens every chance I can and get FaceTime <laughs> with Kirby Smart and all these assistants just because you want to be in good with those players that way. Yeah, that's true. They don't get to spend much time with them, though, when they come here because they're they're actually getting tested and everything. It's not like yeah. Kirby's doing interviews with them. I mean, he goes around and says hello to them. But uh, you, you make a good point, I mean, the more you're around, and it's good for us, like the SCC Network will probably have be on live and they'll be showing all the different coaches and having interviews with them and everything. But, uh, I mean, we're on the uptick. If we were a, if we were a Dow Jones stock right now, they would say we're, uh, we're a blue chip stock right now. I mean, blue chip. Bull territory. <laughs> and speaking of uh, bulls, bulldogs, we'll talk about next week. We'll talk a lot more about the first day of spring practice. Yeah, we got that coming up. Uh, is Kirby having a, a press conference on Monday? When he, was it? He probably will. They usually do it either the Monday before or the, uh, the the day of before they actually go out to practice. So well, if they do it on Tuesday. We probably need to wait a day. Let's wait. Let's just see when they have it, and then yeah. see. We might have to do a special. Uh, combine day of uh, what happened at the uh, pro day. Oh, yeah. I have to have a pro, a pro day recap. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. But, uh, Absolutely. Anyway, but uh, so tentatively, uh, next Tuesday at noon, we will be here. But if not, just be be sure to follow this. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, be sure we'll put a note on the board there. So when we'll have our next show, but just assume that it'll be next Tuesday at noon, unless. Kirby screws it up like he always does. <laughs> anyway, we'll give see us you Devontae next. Devontae Wyatt, Kirby. Yeah, see, yeah, give it, give us, I'm still mad about Devontae Wyatt, George. That's Pitt. not fair. Now, you, somebody will take a little clip like that and send that to you. Bad. Give us Jalen Walker. Let's fix. Yeah. Let's right the wrongs of the past. No, yeah, well, we've not spoken to Jalen Carter ever. That's unreal. Hey, that's another thing I want to want to let everybody remember here. As good as everybody did right there. On that last year, 
best player still here. <laughs> hey, hey. And you saw Lewisine run a four uh, three four uh, forty yard dash. Wait till Keely Ringo runs a four two something. Yeah, uh, I'm calling my shot right now. Yeah, Smith. I mean, Keely slowed down a little bit here. He's not as fast as we think he is, maybe. He's fast, but I don't think he can run that fast anymore. But I do feel like uh, Jalen Carter. I mean, when he, when he goes to the combine, there's going to be some coaches afraid to interview him. <laughs> I, I'll, make, I'll make my reservation for next year right now. Woo! All right, folks, uh, that's all the time we have for this week. We will see you next week, and we'll be talking spring practice. It's here, and we can't, we can't wait to uh, – Chop it up with you. We'll see you next Good week. Time Take of care. Year for spring practice. I can't wait.